you're excited about the weekend that's before us. Thomas and EJK have come to share with us a little word about what Traditions Rally means. So share with us. Okay, uh, I'm Thomas, and this is EJK. We are both members of the Baylor Activities Council, which is helping put on the Traditions Rally. And um, I just wanted to remind y'all on Thursday that you need to show up in your line jersey and your slime caps. Um, and it's just a time where we all get together just to get – uh, just pumped and excited and ready for the football season that starts on Saturday. Okay, so basically everybody is going to meet on 5th Street in between Penland and Martin on Thursday at 6.15. Okay, so are y'all excited? Yeah? Okay. Well, we'll see you on Thursday. Okay. I'll also just simply add that this is, this is something that I really want all freshmen to be involved in, but everyone's welcome, Correct. Uh, other other classes are all welcome, so you're, you're welcome to do that. Hey, thank you, Thomas, and thank you, Joe Kaith, for coming and sharing with us. I also want to tell you that you're on a campus full of opportunity, and very, tonight, actually, there's another opportunity. Shane and Shane will be leading some worship at the baseball field as part of Vertical Ministry, so I hope that you'll get out there and be a part of that as well. I want to transition just for one second and tell you about an opportunity that you need to take hold of today right after chapel. And I'm going to ask a friend of mine, Whitney Warren, to come out. And I want you to know how I know Whitney. I know Whitney because I go on the freshman retreat every single year. And was it just last year? That's so weird. Last year, Whitney and I got to know one another. And now we've known each other for a full year. I'm great at math. Awesome. Whitney's going to share with you about this incredible opportunity called the Freshman Retreat. I hope you'll listen. Hey, guys. My name is Whitney, like you said. And um, I am so excited to have this opportunity to invite you to this year's Freshman Retreat. Um, this year's Freshman Retreat is going to be September 17th through 18th at Pine Cove Timbers Camp. And some of you might be thinking, why do I want to take the time out to go on a retreat like this? I already have homework overload. Or, you know, there might be something else going on. But, guys, I cannot tell you how awesome it was to go on this retreat last year. Um, first of all, it's just so much fun. Um, all the activities we have planned are going to be a blast. Um, you get to connect with other freshmen and, and talk about things that relate to you. Um, and so, but most importantly, guys, you get to connect with God. And um, I think that was just so amazing for me to go on this retreat last year and just, I mean, a retreat is, is a time to get away, and you get to get away from your already hectic schedule and um, just connect with the Lord and see all that he has for you at, at your freshman year at Baylor. So um, we're going to have a table um, out back after chapel. Just even if you're the slightest bit interested, just come check it out. We'll answer any questions you have, and um, I think that's it. So thank you. Fantastic. Be a part of the freshman retreats. Good time. You'll be able to connect with God. You'll also be able to connect with Siler because my little son comes every year, and he's turning three next week. Thank you for the awe. Hey, before we get started, I want to um, remind you about something that I, I really don't like to do, but I, I really do not like in any way asking people to leave chapel because they have their phones out and stuff. Uh, but we have to have uh, guidelines like that so that we can kind of make sure that we're helping teach you well how to be active citizens in the world and active Christians in the world. So what I'm asking you to do is to make sure that your phone is put away because some of you might just be checking the time or something. 
I promise you we will let you out of chapel on time. Um, I, I can't remember a time where we've gone over um, and put you way behind getting to class. So just put your phones away, put your computers away, put all that stuff, because honestly, if you have it out, we, we'll ask you to leave, and we, we just hate to do it. It's no, it's no fun for us. Um, so make sure you do that. Uh, let's pray this morning. Jesus, we're thankful that we get to come into a place like this and stop and be still. God, work within us. Speak to us this day through a different form. Amen. I want to introduce you to our guest today. It's pretty exciting. Uh, many years ago, I walked into Waco Hall, and a guy by the name of Ted Schwartz was here, and he was doing some, some drama on the stage. Let me first ask you, how many of you have ever been in a play or musical of any type? That's, that's a lot of you. Some of you are like, no, never. Keep your hand up if you want to continue to be in plays and musicals. If you're like, no, I really love to act. I really love this. Fantastic. Fantastic. Some of you are more eager than others. Some of you, someone else raised your hand for you. Fantastic. You're very committed. We're, we're <laughs> Ted Schwartz finished seminary, and he thought to himself, I've got to keep doing this. I can't go be a pastor. I can't go, go lead music at a church. I've got to keep doing drama. It's in my blood. And so, how many of you, again, are from Virginia? Anybody? We have one Virginian. <laughs> we have two, Ted, we have three Virginians in the house. Good. Four, five, six. You keep coming out of the woodworks. Good. Ted comes to us this morning all the way from Shenandoah Valley, Virginia, and he comes to share with us uh, the, the scriptures through drama. And it's exciting to see the scriptures in a different way. What I hope for you this morning is that you won't just see the word of God performed, but that you'll literally just sit back and relax and enjoy your day in chapel and say, you know what, I just got to have the word of God presented to me in a new and fresh way, in a way I had not seen before. That's what I hope for you. So help me this morning welcome to the chapel stage, Ted Schwartz. morning. Nice to see you. Thanks to the three people that are from Virginia. Did five last time, three at the first, so it's really nice. We're almost up to double figures. Actually, it's more. Um, most entomologists, those are people who figure out where words come from that we use, believe that the word humor has the same root as humanity, humility, human, and humus, which is a fancy word for dirt. And I believe that that's to be, I believe that to be true, and, and the reason I believe that to be true is because it means that we are all of the earth, that we are grounded together, that it's our sense of humor that brings us together as human beings, almost more than anything else. It, it sort of is, is a way to ground uh, the day, uh, to laugh together. If you laugh together as a group, you will be a, a healthy group. If you laugh together as a congregation, you'll be healthy. If you laugh together as a family, you will be much healthier. When I started working in biblical story and trying to see how that fit within the dramatic uh, aspects of my life, I, I'm a writer and an actor, and I started out writing sketch comedy and performing in plays. So when I w looked at the Bible stories, I thought, okay, where's the humor in those stories? That was first for me, because when I found those, hopefully I was going to also find the humanity in the story. And when I found the humanity in the story, it helped me understand a bit more about what these people were going through. Because if we believe these stories actually happened, of course, there was humor involved. Some of what we like to say sometimes is that where two or three are gathered together, someone will do something stupid and talk about how stupid it was. 
and then suddenly you've got a church. And so I'm going to present for you four scenes from biblical story, two from the Old Testament or the Hebrew scriptures as we call them, and two from the New Testament. Um, the first one is going to be taken from the book of Genesis, and this is the story of Abram getting a new sign of the covenant from God. When we started writing this piece, we were looking for what it was that made Abram so special that God would call him. We were having trouble finding out just what it was. Well, we, the last thing we could come up with was that he moved around a lot. He was tricky. He had a lovely, lovely wife. And he had a lot of sheep. Other than that, we couldn't find out why it was that God chose him, which is hope for all of us, I think. This is the story of Abram when he had, at this point in his life, one son whose name was Ishmael. Ishmael! Boy! Yeah, I'm talking to you, son. Yeah, it's time to get in and help your mother. We got important company. Don't sass me, son. I'm not in the mood for it. We got important company coming. Get in there and help your mother with dinner. Yes, I'm talking to you. There ain't nobody else out there, is there? Now, get in it. Don't ride that, son. That's going to be dinner. It gets them all riled up, son. They're real tough to eat. We'll be chewing till Tuesday. Now, get in there and help... <laughs> He kicked her right up, didn't he? Yeah, rub it, son. Maybe you'll feel better next week. There you, thank you, son. Get in there. We got important company coming for Thank you, son. Oh, there you are. Absolutely always an honor. Have a seat. Absolutely always. There we go. Ishmael, bring his fellow something to drink. The son Ishmael. Yeah, he's kind of wild, but he's a good boy. Yeah. He just turned 13. You know how they are. Hello, my name is Ishmael. <laughs> oh, I never get tired of hearing that, but I'll tell you. Yep. Are you sure I can't get you something before dinner? I know it's hot out here. It's going to be a little while before dinner. Yeah. Hot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Jordan Valley. Yeah. It is cooler over there, i got to admit. But you know what? Water's overrated. Yeah. yeah. The desert. That will make you tough, son. Yeah. Yeah, Lot, my nephew. Yeah, he chose the Jordan Valley. Yeah, I gave him first choice. Why? It was reverse psychology. I never thought he'd take it. Uh, besides, I was never much for them cities. He's got out there, Sodom stinks, Gomorrah's overcrowded. I got to have room. Yeah, room to move. <laughs> I'm a rolling stone. So, uh, what can I do you for? What would you say your name was? Gabriel. Ah, Abram. Good to see you. So, Gabe, can I call you Gabe? Abe. Oh, that'd be Gabe and Abe then, wouldn't it? Gabe and Abe and Abe and Gabe. <laughs> so, mm. Gabe, when you was coming in, did you notice the altar I put up out there? See, I'm keeping my side of the bargain. Yeah, everywhere I go, I'm putting up one of them altars. Yeah, it's one thing I got out here, son. It's rocks. <laughs> yeah, what? Oh, a new sign of the covenant. Oh, I'm all ears. Does it include rocks? No, okay, gotcha. Mm -hmm. As a new sign of the covenant, I am to take the foreskin of... 
take it where? new sign of this covenant, we are to take the foreskin of each male member off. Oh, there's a diagram. Gus, thing a little. He sure has got a funny sense of humor, doesn't he? Yeah, he would like to begin with who? be first in line. You can count on that. Yeah. Oh, there's another reason you're here. I'm glad there's another reason you're here. Yeah. Do tell. What? A son. Okay, but I already got a son. It's Ishmael. Talked about him when you was coming in there. He's a, he's kind of wild, but he's a good boy. Yeah. Yeah. What? Another son. Well, how in the world am I? Oh, I see. Yeah, another wife? <laughs> you got to stop doing that. Sarah, you said. Sa Me and Sarah are going to have a son. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> Me and Sarah, that's a good one. <laughs> Gabe, she's 90. I'm going to go slow for you here now, son. There's a time that that sort of thing can happen. Yep. Now, Sarah, God bless her, she's done past it. She's too old. Now, me, maybe I'm about as fertile as Lot's back 40, but you know, son, can't do it by myself. It takes two. Oh, you understand the process. Good. Didn't want to have to draw you a diagram. You're not kidding. Me and Sarah are going to have a son. <laughs> Tell me about it. What? Isaac. I, that means he laughs. <laughs> Two sons. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Ishmael? What, what about Ishmael? Promises not to him. All right, that's it, no deal. Well, Gabe, it appears that I just did, didn't I? As I recall, he called me. I did not call him. Yeah, you look it up in the book there. Ishmael will also be blessed. His descendants, too, will be a great nation. do that. Well, it's kind of wild. He's my son. What? The stars. Yeah, I see. C count them. A lot of stars up there. So, so shall my descendants be. stars 
Tucson. Yeah. Sarah! Never mind dinner! Thank you. It seems as if sometimes that when we take the Bible stories that fit our worldview and we grab one from here and we grab one from there and we grab one from there and we try and figure out how they fit, we do ourselves a disservice both to the text itself and also to ourselves. When we see this as perhaps a salvation story that stretches from Genesis to Revelation, maybe we get a better understanding about why some of these stories are in there. And if you know anything about, especially the Old Testament, you know that the relationship that God has with his chosen people goes like this, right? It doesn't go like this. Neither does our faith journey either. It goes like this. And sometimes we need people the most when we're down here. Sometimes when we're up here, we have the opportunity to help each other when we're down here. One of my favorite stories is the, uh, the healing of the paralytic that gets lowered through the roof. Uh, right in the middle of a discussion that Jesus was having with the teachers of the law. And I always felt like that Jesus' response to that when it started to crash down, when they dug through and made all the crap fall down on each other down there, my, response, my thought was that Jesus would respond like, oh, thank God, a teaching moment. As that all this stuff comes piled down. And he says, if you recall and you know the story, because of their faith, your sins are forgiven. Not his faith, but their faith. And so for me, it's that story about the friends who were having faith for someone when they didn't have it. And that's how we help one another in, in community. What happens in the Old Testament so many times is that when things are not going well in the relationship between God and his chosen people, prophets are raised up to tell the people just how full of they are. So this is taken from... The book of Jeremiah, and I promise you that it's actually in here. Um, I bought this hat a number of years ago, and they've become a lot more popular recently. Um, and it's my understanding that when a Canadian wears this, uh, they look really cool. Um, when a Virginian wears it, it seems as if the IQ goes down about 50 points. Howdy. My name is Jeremiah. Howdy. It's a few years ago that the Lord said to me, Jeremiah. That's it. That's how he generally calls me, Jeremiah. He said, Jeremiah, go buy some shorts. And wear these shorts, but don't worship. That he said, so that's what I did. I, I, I went and I bought some shorts and I wore them, but I didn't worship. I was never that popular anyway. This uh, a few years late, late, later that the Lord said to me, Jeremiah, that's how he generally calls me, Jeremiah. He said, Jeremiah, take them shorts off and go on over there to pirate and hide them shorts in a crack in the big rock. That's what he said, so that's what I did. I took them shorts off. And I went over there to Pyre, and I hid them shorts in a crack in the big rock. It's a little while later then that the Lord said to me, Jeremiah, that's how he generally calls me, Jeremiah. He said, Jeremiah, go back to Pyre and get them shorts, what was in the crack in the big rock. 
I said, he said, said, I said, I did. I went on back there to Pyre, and, 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 and I got them shorts, what was, what was in the crack in, 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 the, in the big rock. They didn't look the same. I was pretty sure they wouldn't. Then the Lord said, I will use the power of Babylonia to destroy the pride of Judah and Jerusalem. They, they do evil things. They even worship other gods. And when I am done with them, they will be good for nothing. Just like them shorts. See, I knew he'd come around to the reason why, why I ruined a perfectly good pair of shorts. He's, they didn't stop being the children of God. They just stopped it acting right. He said, those shorts used to fit tight around your waist, didn't they? I said, they used to. He said, that's how tightly I wanted to hold on to the people of Judah and Jerusalem. I wanted to make them famous so that other people would worship me too, but they wouldn't do it. Then he was gone. That stuck holding the waistband. He does that to me a lot. It's hell being a walking metaphor. You know. Well, that's it. That's what happened. That's my story. My short story. Thank you. Part of what makes the Jesus story so compelling is that because it has a wonderful theatrical arc. We've got the rise of the hero. We've got the band of of disciples that come together. Um, there's conflict. There's a crisis. Um, there's, it seems to be the end of the story, and then there's a wonderful denouement at the end, which is a theatrical term. It's French. It means, hey, the play's over. Um, part of what we looked at when uh, my partner and I at the time started writing this play that is called Fish Eyes was looking at the eyes, uh, looking at the story through the eyes of a couple of his first disciples, Peter and Andrew. One of the things we said, if we can find the humor in that story once again, I think we're going to find the humanity in the story and perhaps come closer to that. So I'd like to per, uh, present to you the feeding of the 5,000 through the eyes of two of the first disciples. Andrew. Does he have any idea what time it is? I don't know. How long has he been talking? Three days. He's killing me. I think someone should go talk to him. I think someone should go. I think someone should go talk to him. No, no, it's not going to be me. What if I go up there and he starts talking to me in those preables? What? Parables. Fine, parables, whatever they are. The point is... They don't make any sense. I mean, a good measure pressed down and shaken up and running out over the mustard seed with the yeast of the Pharisees. What's that supposed to mean, yeast of the Pharisees? I don't know either. Oh, you know what's even worse? When he starts, starts using numbers, you know how I am with numbers? I've got a little problem with numbers. I think he knows it too. Oh, yeah, he's always looking at me when he throws one out. You ever notice that? I think he should... Save some time and just go, hey, Peter, 144. I hate that. 
All right. I will talk to him this time, but you have got to talk to him next time. All right. Um, Jesus, 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 could we have a word with you? Oh, no, 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 no. It, it, it won't take long. Then you can, you know, get right back to it. <laughs> uh, well, it's just this, Lord. There's a lot of people here, and it's getting towards supper time, and we were thinking that it's time to let them all go home so they could get something to eat. Yeah. Beg pardon? He said we should give them something to eat. With what? We should find something. <laughs> he says we should find something. What does it mean? I think it means we should find something. No, it is not a preable. Parable, I see. It's not a parable. He uses a different tone of voice for parable. It's usually down in here. Kind of. I don't know. <laughs> if I'm going out, you're going out too. Go look, go look for some food. I'm, go. I'm sorry. Anybody bring anything with them to eat here today? Any fish? Bread? Nothing from breakfast? Bagels? I got all day. I've already been here for three days. Oh, what do we got? Fire away. Here we go. Go. Anybody else? Anybody? We got. What? Okay. Fire away. Here we go. Heads up. Heads up. Come. <laughs> See? See? Yeah. Wait. Oh, crackers. Crackers. Oh, that was it. Okay. Okay. Oh, oh good. Food. How'd you do? Well, that's a cute basket, but that's not going to feed anybody, is it? What do I have? Um, uh, well, I have two packs of crackers. No, one pack of crackers with the cheddar cheese, the, uh, the chewy granola bar, uh, an apple, very, very nice, and uh, something called Pop-Tarts. Yeah. It's half-eaten. That's all we have. Maybe we should just, what? Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, yeah, we've been out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Collecting the uh, food. <laughs> what do we have? Excellent question, Lord. Well, we've got the basket here with the four or five loaves of bread, a couple of fish, a granola bar, crackers, an apple, and, uh, well, the, uh, the Pop-Tarts, Lord. Yeah. The, yes, as a matter of fact, they are half-eaten. Yes. It's right over here, Lord. Down there, I think there's a parable about that. No, and the uh, that's all we have. No, so I think what we should bless it. I guess we should. Amen. Thank you. Sorry? We should pass it out now. <laughs> All of it. 
<laughs> no, I didn't think it was funny either, Lord. Um, he, uh, he says he's going to take it down to the other end. He's going to start breaking it. We make a couple lines, and we just pass it out. I don't know what it means. It's not going to take long. Just go. food here. We, we got fish. We got bread. We have Pop-Tarts. There's, yeah. No, no, they're whole. Absolutely. Here we go. Keep them. Keep them. Keep them. What? Really? Jesus, we uh, got enough. The leftovers. <laughs> he said, we're supposed to pick up the <laughs> pick up the <laughs> you're not kidding, right? <clears throat> said we're supposed to pick up the leftovers and put them in baskets. I don't know what he means. Just bad enough we're in catering. Now it's cleanup. All right, here we go. Leftovers have to go in the baskets. Here. Leftovers. Nope. Put it in. There we go. There we go. Okay, leftovers in the basket. Thank you very much. Leftovers. Here we go. Leftovers. Just toss that in from there, Beefy. Okay, make eye contact. Good. Nice form, though. Nice form. Okay. Leftovers, leftovers. How was everything, man? Good. Can you hear him okay? Stick with him. It's good stuff. He goes on for a while, though. Probably going to be a test. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Leftovers. Right here. Uh, we're all done, Lord, with the uh, leftovers. What? How many baskets are there? Oh, good. Numbers. Eleven. There's eleven baskets, right? What? Twelve. There's twelve. Of course there's twelve baskets. Twelve, Lord. Yes. And what does it mean? <laughs> Why can't twelve just be twelve? Does everything have to be a teachable moment with this guy? Is it 12? There's 12 baskets, there's 12 of us, and there are 12. Jesus, try this one on. Um, 12 baskets, there's 12 of us, and there are 12 tribes of Israel. Hmm? And what does that mean? <laughs> Where does he think we have the information to fill in his blanks? Just look, I'm a fisherman. All right? I know enough about numbers to do that. All right? What time are we going tomorrow morning? Six o'clock. I got that. How many fish did we catch? 48. How many are too small to sell? Six. So we have 41 to sell. I know that. So, you know what? I'll bet it's a fig tree thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He hates fig trees. Everywhere we go, we got a dead fig tree. You ever notice that? 
I'm kind of, uh, no, no, that, that doesn't make any sense. You know what? Let's go with the usual. We'll just go with the usual. We don't know. You you want us to get into the boat? You gonna come with us? You'll catch up. Has he ever been in a boat? Catch up. Thank you. ago I was asked to write a piece and perform a piece on the book of Revelation, um, the whole book, uh, between six and eight minutes. And if you know anything about the book of Revelation, it's hard enough to understand it without writing a sketch, but it's supposed to be an interpretation of something that very few people of us, very few of us understand. So I was trying to figure out how to do this, and my dramaturge and director, a dramaturge is somebody who helps you write a play. Some people call them uh, a dramatic midwife, which helps you bring a play to fruition, and it helps you get through the pain of nine months or longer of what it means to write a, a, an actual play. And he said, it sounds like the, Rev the book of Revelation might have been, uh, or could be done through the eyes of Zeus, who was a character I had developed a few years before, who was a homeless man. And I thought, hmm, that makes a lot of sense. So, this is the book of Revelation, as seen through the eyes of Zeus. This book in the subway. The cover was torn off and some of the pages were missing. It was the book of Revelation and it blew my mind. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. What's left to blow, don't you? You don't know everything. Written by a man named John. John, I'm pretty sure I, pretty sure I spent some time with him in detox. Six months or five years ago, time runs together when you're having a good time. <laughs> He's writing to churches in the first part. Churches. <laughs> Didn't sound like any of the churches that I know. Of course, I have been to Philadelphia. Yeah. Maybe he's talking about the kind of church that gives out a free meal on Mondays over on 4th Street. John didn't say nothing in his book about peanut butter sandwiches or vegetable soup, although I suppose the lake of fire could be a metaphor for vegetable soup. I'm pretty sure I've had that particular kind of soup before. Yeah. Mostly he's telling them there's some that they're doing right and there's some that they're doing wrong. It's probably going to get worse, but hang in there. And then bang! The voices in my head start this voice cried out, the gates of heaven are open. Come on in. Oh, I took a big step forward. Oh, and the things that I saw, I saw many. Scrolls, and I saw 
I saw the lamb that becomes the lion who was tearing off all the seals, the seals that release the horses, the horses of war, all different colors and all worse than the one before. And it was war and everybody and his dog was running for cover and it was pandemonium, pandemonium, it was war. I wasn't sure when John wrote this book. It sounded like it could have been last week. And then there was, then there was fire and hail and poison water. And then one lone eagle crying, doom, doom, doom. And then there was smoke. And out of that smoke there come locusts with tails like scorpions. And their job was to torture the people of earth five months and about that time a concert let out uptown and the subway car filled up and they started getting closer shoving pushing jabbering they even sounded like locusts I was pretty sure I was doomed then I, I closed my eyes and I held them off with a sword of truth seem like five months. Time runs together when you're having a good time. But then the, then the beast rose up. With him, the false prophets. I'm not sure who the beast is, but I'm pretty sure I've met him a time or two. And false prophets, we've got all those in the meeting room. Yeah. See, there'll be marks on your hands directing what you do, and there'll be marks on your foreheads directing what you One hundred and forty-four thousand in the choir, dang, it's a big choir. <laughs> See, the saints, the angels, the angels, they hold judgment on those that follow the beast, but the saints, they stay true to Jesus. Jesus, I know him, we have coffee every Tuesday morning. Sometimes he buys, and sometimes he lets me buy. Yeah. And then there was a woman. She was dressed in sunlight. And she was ready to give birth. But the dragon was there, and he was going to eat the child. But then Michael, Michael, I got a cousin, Michael, he's a dancer. Michael and the other angels, they, they fought the dragon. They fought the dragon, and the battle was won. The battle is won. The battle is won. This loud voice cried from the throne. God's home is with his people. He will dwell with them and make them his own. He will wipe away all tears. There will be no more death, suffering, crying, and pain. Those things of the past are gone forever. That sounds about right. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Thank Ted Swartz for being with us today. Thank you so much.
And uh, without, without grabbing for backpacks and stuff or anything, just stand and receive a blessing together. Go forth now into this day and see what is human and see what is divine and see how very close they are in our world and in each one of you. Amen. Have a good day.